Let's pray. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, speak to our hearts, and once again, challenge us where we are, so that we might be able to move where you would have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Time of today's message is, Will you pay the price for righteousness? How many of you have ever gone into a store and saw something you really wanted, and then you looked at the price tag and you put it back? You decided this price was just too high to pay, and you left without getting it. Today and tomorrow all over this nation, people will be celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and then it will be quoting his quote, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. And although those words are associated with Dr. King's speech, those words are actually words that God commanded his people to do in Amos chapter 5, verse 24, who have rejected the concept of righteousness. Now, righteousness comes about when we are in right standing with God and right standing with each other. That's why the two greatest commandments in Scripture are the first, love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And the second one is to love one another as we love ourselves. The only problem with these two commandments is that love costs something. If you're going to love somebody, it's going to cost you something. And Dr. King was constantly connecting the concepts of righteousness with the concept of love for all people. That's part of nonviolence. You see even your enemies as worthy of your respect. He put it this way. He said, if you knock out my eye and I turn around and knock out your eye, then we just got two blind people. Righteousness is always going to connect us back to God. And unfortunately, we often make the mistake of thinking that we can have justice apart and independently of God. But how many of you know that sin in the human heart will trump out justice any day of the week? Pontius Pilate, that we read about today, was governor at the time of Jesus. And Pontius Pilate, he could decide whether a person was going to live or to die for a crime that was committed. And Jesus had been brought before Pontius Pilate on the charges that, one, Jesus was trying to overthrow the Roman government. Two, Jesus had told people, don't pay your taxes to Caesar. And three, Jesus was claiming to be a king, setting him up as an alternative to Caesar. Well, Pilate listened to the evidence, and after putting it all together, he declared that Jesus was innocent and should be set free. But his verdict was challenged. The people didn't want Pilate to look too closely at the evidence. They simply wanted him to solve a problem they had. And they didn't care that much about what was really true. Jesus was a threat to the lifestyle of the rich and powerful. He had challenged them on their love for money and their lack of concern for the poor. 
So God tells Jeremiah, he says, I want you to go right to the gate so that you can get everybody that come in, and I want you to preach this message as people are coming into the temple. And Jeremiah is preaching over and over again as they come to the temple. God says, you need to change your ways. You need to stop believing in lies. How many of you know people got sick and tired of hearing from Jeremiah? How many of you know he's eventually going to pay a price for that kind of service? God says, basically, I have four things against you in your relationship to each other. First of all, you are not dealing honestly with each other. Does that happen with us today? Any of you ever signed a contract without reading the small print? And then when you got ready to get out of the contract, you found out you had been hoodwinked? Second, it says, you are oppressing those who have no position of power, the foreigners, the immigrants, the orphans, and the widows. Does that happen with us today in our country? Do we take advantage of immigrants who are working in some of our factories, way below minimum wage, or working on our farms, produce our food and chemicals and dangerous conditions? Do we exploit people with human trafficking even today every now and then you meet in Cleveland where some young lady has finally been freed from prostitution? From a pimp? God says you are shedding innocent blood. Does that still happen today? Are there still people on death row who have been framed by a corrupt justice system? Are people still killed for speaking the truth? Are people killed on our streets for less than $40? Are, 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 are babies that are born alive after botched abortion killed? Is that all innocent blood? And God says, and you are worshiping other gods. How many of you know we do have a supreme God in the United States? And it is called the Almighty God. What really fueled this whole thing about legalizing more and more drugs? Is it because we're trying to make people happy? No, we're trying to make money. And somebody's going to make a lot of money. And it ain't going to be us who making all this money. God cares about people. God cares about all people. From all races, from all places on the globe. Psalm 24 tells us, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. This is why it is myopic and narrow-minded to have a vision of being America first. Because <coughs> in Psalm 24, America is not mentioned. It said, all who live in it. You know, Dr. King reminded us that the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. The children of Israel, for 
We don't want to lose something we have. I'm not a science expert at all, but it seems to me like life began when a sperm and an egg combined, and the creation of life begins to grow. And to my knowledge, every time this happened in a woman's womb, the only thing that it has grown into is another human being. If God knows us while we are in our mother's womb, and we are created in the image of God, then God's image must be in us in our mother's womb. And we should be worthy of some kind of protection. You know, what separates us from animals is that we are created in the image of God, and they are not. And God gave us the animals as food to eat. If there was no God, there would be no reason to be concerned about righteousness. We could go around killing and eating one another, and it would not be a moral issue. But something inside of us tells us we do not have the right to grow up human beings so that we can eat them for food. We do not have the right to grow human beings so that they can become our slave labor force. We do not have the right to grow human beings so that they can become our sexual objects for our lust. You know, people talk about Darwin and they talk about the origin of the species. How many of you know that's not the end of the title of the origin of the species? The actual title is the origin of the species for the preservation of the favored races. Hmm. Do you know what eugenics is? Eugenics is the belief and practice which aims at improving the genetic quality of the human population. So what you try to do is, you try to reproduce as many people with the positive, desirable traits as possible, and you try to eliminate as many people with the negative traits as possible. This was very popular in the 1930s. That mindset drove our immigration policy of which people were allowed into this country and which ones weren't. We were looking for the favored can you guess which continent the most favored people came from who got the most numbers to come in? Europe. Europe. That's interesting. I wonder if it's because Europe begins with an E. <laughs> Asians weren't even allowed in with any numbers. Africans only had tiny, tiny, tiny Eugenic holders believe the population of the less desirable people should be controlled by laws. That's why we had laws against interracial marriage. That's why we had forced sterilization. That's why birth control was introduced. Who do you think were the undesirables in this country in the 1930s whose genes needed to be controlled? 
forgive us, Lord God. Help the body of Christ to see that we are just as related to our brothers in Ghana, in India, in Singapore, in Brazil, in Canada, in China, and that we need to be concerned about what's happening to each other. Show us how we participate in the oppression of others without even knowing it. So that we can surrender ourselves totally and completely to you. And the world will really say, those believers, they, they really do care about each other. God, use us to have an impact in this world. For you told us it's only by loving one another that the world is truly going to believe. Help us to strip our labels, our nationalities, our colors, our divisions, and recognize you call us to be one in you. Completely awesome work you started in us. May we continue on with the vision of Dr. King, being willing to sacrifice everything for the good of the people. For it's in Jesus' name we 